0: this is about omens and portents Mm -hmm. although omens and portents are something that you never actually hear people say in real life no and have you ever heard anyone use the word portent in any way in a conversation yes yeah Yeah. that's an an old world word and i can remember people talking using that word when i was little i've read it many times portent I, and I've heard. And what does that portend? It's a foretelling, isn't it? Yeah, a yeah, foretelling. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to talk a little bit about omens and foretellings, importance mm-hmm. mm-hmm. right now in Appalachia, and don't have any idea how they did it in y'all's family. So don't hold us to any of this, but this is what we've experienced, and this is what we know about. Yeah. And some of it's pretty common stuff. I think so. I think so. Because I will talk about it, and people go, oh, yeah, no, my family did that. Oh, yeah, no, my family did that. So Tell me about a portent or an omen from your childhood. Well, the thing that came into my mind when we first started talking about this was when you drop a utensil on the floor accidentally. So if you drop a knife accidentally, when you're putting the dishes away, it means a man is coming to visit. And you can figure out why that would be a man. And if you drop a spoon, that meant a woman was coming to visit. And if you dropped a fork, because it has all the extra tines, it meant a family was coming to visit. I have never heard that. Have you never? Never heard yep. that. so if you accidentally drop it, you have to immediately look at it and go, oh, a knife, that means a man's going to come and visit. Is that an Appalachian thing? Yeah, absolutely. Wow, I have never <laughs> heard that. Yep. I mean, we all, there are common ones that everybody knows a black cat, which, by the way, I have never. believed. No, in fact, my grandmother believed exactly the opposite. She thought a black cat was good luck and a white cat was bad luck. Really? (laughs) I just think cats are beautiful creatures and I hope I don't hit them with my car if exactly. they run out in front of me. Exactly. Yeah, but Anyway, so that, that was one. How about spilling salt? I think we all know that one. On your left shoulder. Mm-hmm. And that came to us from Europe mm-hmm. originally. I'm pretty sure that it did. And yeah. salt yeah. was uh, valuable and you didn't want to spill it. No. Because they didn't, you know, back then they couldn't just go to the grocery store and pick up some more salt. No. No, no. They had to it put it on serious. the ship and so on. Yeah, it was and, Yeah, so you would throw it over the left shoulder to appease the spirits. Yes. To throw the salt in the devil's eyes. Right. Appease. And then there's all the itchy things. So if your feet itch, it means you're going you to take. walk on new ground. Mm-hmm. That you've never walked on Going to take before. a trip. Yep. If and, your right hand itches, you're going to meet a stranger. Mm-hmm. If your left hand itches, you're going to get, get some, some money. unexpected money. And if your nose itches, somebody is coming to the door. Oh, I've heard it as if your nose itches, somebody's talking about you. Ears burning. Ears burning, but if That's, your nose yeah. itches, somebody's talking yeah. about you. So that makes we got. Oh, like to take a trip if you're scratching your nose a lot. Somebody's gonna come to the doorbell. You're getting ready to have company. Isn't that funny, y'all? How about you? Have you got any little things like that in your family that you want to share with us? You can find us on Facebook. Weird Mountain Gals. I don't know yeah. how else to tell you. It's yeah. W I R D. And uh, we'd like to hear about it. Yeah. And we're on Twitter. Oh, yes. We're on Twitter and Pinterest and, and Instagram. Instagram and we're all that stuff. So, yeah, Weird Mountain Gals. So we're Just not promise. on Tinder. No. <laughs> <laughs> I made Alicia blush. <laughs> what would we pick up from Tinder? Oh Lord, I don't even want to think about it. Oh uh, man, I don't want to scare those. You know, we almost scared those Mormon boys. Last oh, time. we did not. They were sweet, and we were sweet to them. I know. We I know. were. We were, but Gomez almost scared. I know. Well, Gomez, Gomez, <laughs> the yard man, can be pretty darn scary. He can. So it was common. I think it probably is still common with a lot of people that that you read different signs and omens and portents different ways. Um, A friend of mine who is a Presbyterian minister, he was joking around with me one day, and he and his wife had come out of a cabin that they were staying in for the weekend. They were doing primitive camping, but not really. They were in a a cabin. And as she came out the porch and down the steps, a snake rolled off the the roof huh. and landed behind her well then and people were like oh no a snake and there are all this, all these other questions and then he said byron what does that mean and then i had to know all kinds of things like what happened when it hit the ground what kind of snake was it which way did it go after it, you know, shook its head and moved on. So there's all sorts of different specific things that if you're somebody who, if somebody asks you to read a sign, mm-hmm. you're going to need more than just, oh yeah, a snake fell off the porch. I'm going to need way more information. And then I figured out what the omen meant for them and passed it on to them. That's like people who dream about birds. Yeah. And they'll—I know of a couple that asked me about some bird dreams that they had had. And the first thing that I needed to know was were the birds indoors or outdoors? Mm-hmm. And what kind of birds were they? What kind of birds were they? Yeah. How did you feel during the dream? Yeah. And all of that. So. Well, and I want to talk about birds with driving. So I have this thing, and I don't, I think it came from my family, but I'm not sure. So I'm driving down the road, and if I see a crow, which is always my big message bringer, if I see a crow fly from my, the right-hand side of the car in front of me across the left, that means a crow flying into the west, and that means all is well. If I see a crow flying the other direction from my left-hand side to my right, it means watch your back be careful. And in your opinion, is this a message to you from your subconscious? Is it an ancestor helping you out or one is of it the Is it birds? Deities? Is it the gods? Is it the birds? I don't know. I just listen. The birds do it, and I just go, oh, I will be very careful. And then my GPS will be saying, I think up ahead, there's a sheriff's department person or whatever, whatever this is. And I go, oh, the birds were right. And then if I see if a bird is flying towards me and flies over the car into the past, then the answer I'm looking for to whatever question is bothering me lies in the past. I need to look at what happens in a similar way before and what I did about it. And likewise, if a, if a bird is flying with me and then flies ahead of me, it means the answer is in the future, that I need to dream about it, envision about it, and that's where I'm going to find the answer. And that makes perfect sense to me. Well, it does to me, too, and it works out a lot. It might not be everyone's portent and omen. No. When you're walking a path, you have to walk your own path. You do. You have do. to listen to your own self and learn about what intuition really is. Yes. Intuition is not always a slap in the face, either. No, sometimes it is very subtle stuff. You must listen to it, and you have to make your own determination. If y'all knew what, what my things were, you'd probably think that I was crazy, because I kind of think I'm crazy. But I'm willing to bet that most of the folks who listen to our uh, podcast have probably developed their own practice. Yes, and when they see a certain thing, they know what it means. Um, cardinals, which are omnipresent in a lot of places, it's a, it's a pretty common bird. For so many people, a cardinal is someone who is a deceased who is mm-hmm. coming to bring them a message or to bring them comfort. So when they see that beautiful bright red bird, which is hard to miss because they're bright, then it immediately connects them in with their ancestors and it brings them some comfort. And heaven knows right now a lot of people can use a little bit of comfort. This is one of those times of year when it will get to the folks who don't understand what's going on. Yeah. They just know that they feel a little bit uneasy. I yes. can't tell you how many times I've seen on Facebook people talking about their insomnia mm-hmm. in the last week. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to wonder if part of the reason for their insomnia has to do with the time of year it is. And all the scientific things, the gravitational pull and so on and so forth. Shortening rays, all that stuff. Or if it's the veil and they experience it in a way that they don't understand. Well, and now we've got, we had a really late autumn coming in. Yep. And it was so dry that a lot of the trees lost their leaves before they even really changed. Then we got this quick cold snap. The colors started changing and now we're going to have this rain. It's still raining here and the, the rain is taking the colors out, and it is dark outside. Like right now, you look outside that door, and it could be, gosh, 6.30. And it's not. It's the middle of the afternoon. And so there's something about that, too, that, what do they call it, seasonal affective disorder, mm-hmm. where it gets darker. Now, I love it rainy, and I love it dark. I'm like a troglodyte. I just, I love it when it's cool, wet, dark. You were I, goth before it was I cool. <laughs> I, I sleep good then. The only thing I, I don't like to do, which is I have to do today, is load my car with some stuff. Yeah. I'm just going to have to do it in the rain. It's as simple as that. But I love it. It's why I love to go to Britain all the time and people go, oh, it's a terrible day. And I go, no, it's not. It's just raining. It's perfect. It fine." It's pretty good to me. Yeah, I like it, too. <laughs> I actually do like it, yeah, too. Yeah, I do, too. And no, no skeeters in the than summer a, than a 95 degree day. Oh, where gosh. My poor old skin turns bright red. Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to talk about leaves since we were just talking about. Okay. Leaves. So I, I'm hearing from people that live in the city, and of course I live in the city, but I live in Asheville, so it's not like a real city, except that it's inconvenient. And like anyway, a real city. Anyway, um, they and they're raking up their leaves, raking up their leaves, or they're using those dead burn noisy leaf blowers I hate those things I hate them worse than anything if you do not have the strength in your spine to get a damn rake and rake up the leaves just then leave need, them be you need to leave them be, and you just need to leave them be now we'll rake up all these leaves in the spring right before everything starts to pop out throw them in the compost but if you can if you don't belong to some hoa or something that makes you rake and mow and all that stuff your damn lawn i hate a lawn too i hate lawns i know you do just put some herbs out there or let it go wild or whatever If you keep the snake down if you need to, but gosh, give the bees and the other pollinators a chance. So instead of raking it all up so it's perfect, leave it alone. Let all the nutrients from those leaves work their way into the soil. Let all the insects that need to that have laid eggs underneath on the underneath part of that let all that work through we spend so much time tidying up nature oh and then we we kill things off and we don't actually it's no benefit to you unless you just love to see a tidy lawn. Well, I guess if you do, you just get yourself some astroturf. Some astroturf. Put it out there and you won't have to worry about get it. Get some moss. Time. Just get some I moss. Moss. Gosh, moss My is moss beautiful. In the front yard here. Yes, we those do. Oak trees. And I would have to say also that if you've got a big old yard oh hey Byron, I hear they're coming after you. Dun 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 dun. I hear the sirens coming down the road. <laughs> Isn't it funny? Did y'all call them sirens when you were little? Sirens. Them, them I, sirens. you hear that siren? Is I that, might still Is that a fire them. truck? A fire no. truck. No, that's a sheriff. That's a, a sheriff's siren. A sheriff. S-H-U-R-F-F. A sheriff. I've got a good friend up in Madison County. She's a wonderful musician and storyteller. And we, we have taken to calling her the sheriff. And we, I will send her a note on Facebook and I'll say, Well, Sheriff, how's it doing out there? Well, <laughs> there's some mist this morning, fog coming up from the valley. That's all right. Yeah, here they come, boy. I could- I think they're sending a couple of them. They're sending one for you, too. Uh, they better send more than one, but anyway. Okay. Send one for the ghost over Send a squad if they want to. Sure. Anyway, what we were saying. So I'm just, I'm a big a big com- uh, proponent of leaving your leaves, getting the nutrients out of them, and then throw them in the compost. You know, I've got some advice about that because I've had this conversation and we live in the suburbs. Yep. If, if you, I'm kind of embarrassed about it, but we live in the suburbs. <laughs> if you have to live in the suburbs and you got some HOA and you've got a bunch of trees and you're saying right now, oh, I can't possibly do that because the leaves would be a foot thick before I was done. You're probably right. Just go mulch them and leave them where they are. Yeah, and you can. You know, a lot of people have rules now. So they have a homeowners association because they're in a suburb, usually in a suburb. Yeah. And you can't do this and you can't do that and you can't have this and you can't have that. A friend of mine lives in a condo and she owns it. It's not like renting an apartment. She owns right. a damn condo. But she can't put but so many things out in front so she can plant these low-growing this or that yeah and she can't even make a deal to say well i want a garden so i'm gonna put these and i'll take good care of them That's Nope, sad. she just they forbid her to have it and there's some places that forbid you to have a clothesline or to uh, do have. water catchment it's Ridiculous. There are a lot of places like that yeah. from what I understand, but I don't know of any place that would say, don't mulch your leaves. I, I don't know. Do I can't so. imagine it, but it's healthy on your, and especially if you're going to try and cultivate moss underneath there. The oh, leaves yeah, the, the leaves, are leaves are that wonderful. are mulched, they form like a little barrier, yeah. and it's healthy, and your lawn won't need so much maintenance in the spring. Yeah. So I can recommend that. It yeah. works. It's so, a little bit of work. And we love to hear from people who either love a lawn, and they do whatever they can to make their lawn be just the way they like it or the people that got rid of their lawn and put in an urban garden an urban garden yep a lot of people do that too or or people that just don't have a lawn because they live in a condo and there's a a lot of folks like those too and oh those people if they want a garden i tell people this all the time find yourself a community garden because they always need help And they will give you, generally, they will give you a little plot of land for you to grow whatever you want to grow on. Mm -hmm. And in exchange for that, you come in and you help weed the common plots and stuff like that. I'm I'm a fan of the hanging basket. The hanging basket garden. Have you ever grown tomatoes in one of those? Yes, I did. How'd that go? It went real well, actually. Yeah. This year, I grew catnip, you know, that little... Mm -hmm. scraggly little piece of catnip. It is huge. It's magnificent. Oh, that's wonderful. It is really beautiful. And so I'm a fan of planting catnip and things that rabbits go after and deer. Oh, yeah. Up pretty high, and I can bring them in if I want to. And that just seems to have worked. And I don't need a huge amount of stuff. I don't grow... All my vegetables and stuff. I yeah, yeah. uh, wish I did, but I don't. Well, I went out the other day to pick some woad because I'm putting out some woad oil, and I wanted to get it before we have that first hard frost. Yeah. And I went out there to the what we call the summer garden. That's all fenced in. And I thought, did I, did I ever pull all those carrots? And so in the one bed where I'd planted, I don't know, three short rows of carrots. They're all. Just up. Oh. And obviously my husband had like mowed through or who knows what he had done. And I just reached down, I pulled a two big double hands full of carrots. Nice. little bitty carrots. I grow those <laughs> shorty ones. And they are the sweetest things. So when I come off the road in a few weeks if it hadn't frosted hard, I'm going to put in some spinach seed. Mm-hmm. And do the winter over spinach oh, yeah. It's the best. You can it's do just the best. Don't you do start putting in chard this time of year too? You can put chard in this time of year, yeah. yeah. Boy. Put in onions if you can find onion sets. Or if we weren't going to have a hard frost anytime soon, you could also put in onion seed. Mm-hmm. I've grown onion from seed, that's nice too. You it. just started in the house. You start put it, in the house. Yeah, I, oh. I have just well, you know. Well, I do when I buy onions. Uh-huh. I'll start from there sometimes. Oh. You know, so oh. it's like you know. you know. I love onion sets, and I I buy a pound. I go into a feed and seed, and I will look around. Huh? Onions. I'll buy a pound of those, and I'll end up with five or six pounds yeah. of onion sets. <laughs> And they are just everywhere. I've got a, in my little kitchen garden, I've got a box right now. The tops have all died down. And all I'll have to do is just run my little fingers in there and go, oh, there's a big fat there onion. I'll bring that in. There you so go. So I leave a lot of stuff in the ground in the winter. I took a bunch of onions, That those little green onions that you get. Oh, uh-huh. And I tied them together, just just the green part of them. Tied them together, and I just stuck them hanging out of a, a, into a bright pink pot oh and creepy. they took-huh and I kept them tied together and so they took and then they kind of spread out Aww. and they look like this weird exotic fern or something Ooh. and they still grew really good onions <laughs> like, I used to grow that what they call a uh, Egyptian walking onions and those are good they're like um perennial onions and what they do is the Top where the flower and the seed happens falls over, and it'll fall over like a foot, and then the seeds grow Oh, and there. they'll take from there, and, and, and then, then they they'll... just keep, and it's like it oh, walks cool. from place to place. Yes, yeah, I have never seen those. either. <coughs> You've educated me all over the place. I love gardening, and I miss it so much because I'm on the road now, and I don't do much of it at all. Well, I had cabbages go bad in my garden because I wasn't in town to do anything with them. Next time, call me, <laughs> and I won't know what to do with them either. But call me anyway. I made a crouch. I made some good crouch. Mm -hmm. But then they were gone by the time I got back home. Do people still eat pickle beans? Mm hmm. Do they? I mean, I, thought, I didn't know if it was maybe just my family. No, pickle Still. beans. I've got a friend who used to be in Texas, now he's up in Maine. Yeah. And I send him pickled green beans every year because he loves them. Now, do you put corn and no, onions I in your. No, I just put just whole plain beans. Green beans. I clip Whole off the green ends, beans. Whole green beans. And I stand them up like you do asparagus. Mm-hmm. Stand them up in the jar. Wow. Well, we'll have to exchange crisp jars. Oh, I would love that. Ours uh, in my family, we put corn with them Uh and little bitty onions too. And you chop it up. Chop the beans up up too. I've got a bunch of stuff in my freezer. When I finally, you know, end of the month, end of next month, I'm gonna make jams and jellies. I've got probably five pounds of chopped up mango. I'm gonna make some Mm -hmm. mango chutney. I love to do all that, and I don't have time to can during the year. But I pick everything. Like when uh, June berries come in, I pick a bunch of June berries and, and then freeze berries, whatever, and I throw them in the freezer. Yep. And then when I have time, I can them all up. Good. Put them amount. in the water bath. Do you recall? People get them for Christmas. That's right. Well, and I love them too. Do you recall when people used to tie their was it onions in pantyhose? Yes, and then hold them in yes, the basement? Yes. My granny did that. She would tie onions in pantyhose, and it'd be, pan, you know, big old onion, a knot, uh-huh. big old onion, yeah. a knot, yeah, big yeah. old onion. And she would store them downstairs uh-huh. in the basement, yeah. which was the same one as here, yeah. and it was the dirt basement and everything. Yeah. And uh, she would store them for a long time that way.
1: Root mm-hmm. cellars. In a
0: root cellar. I would love a root cellar. My plan for this house at some point is that basement is going to be a root cellar yeah but that's wait. you know that's down the road guess, down the road anytime soon y'all thank you so much for hanging out with us yeah i hope you're hungry now because now i'm thinking about pickled beans mm. and mm-hmm. corn. and chow, chow chow and chow, chow. Oh, oh my goodness hey, like. <laughs> all right y'all go eat some talk to you soon <laughs>